What's good, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Bond with Tyler Todd. Let's do this. So today we have the NL wildcard race standings as of right now. And it's getting, it's firing up. It's getting pretty spicy. Especially with those snakes out in the desert. My Arizona Diamondbacks, baby. Only 10 games out from the third wildcard spot. Who would have even thought they would have been there at, at this point in the season? But you really have to look at the overall picture of the Diamondbacks. It has been those rookies, all these call-ups this year, so productive. But most importantly, the most recent call-up, Corbin Carroll. But we're going to get to him later. But first, we're going to look at the National National League wildcard standings right now. So in first, in the wildcard standings, is Atlanta Braves with a record of 81-51, and 6-4 and in their last 10 games. In the second wild card spot is the Philadelphia Phillies at 73 and 58, 7 and 3 in their last 10. And the San Diego Padres with the third and final wild card spot with a record of 73 and 59, also 7 and 3 in their last 10. They swept the Giants' most recent series. Philadelphia, oh, that last game, they actually were just in town. For the, for the D-backs, facing the D-backs, I, I worked the whole Philadelphia series and I'm working the whole Milwaukee series, but we'll talk about that game, that Wednesday night game here in a second. And then Atlanta beat Colorado on Wednesday night, 3-2-0. So those are the three spots as of right now. Milwaukee in the fourth spot at 69-61 and 61 with, uh, sorry, last last 10 games, they were 5-5. Five and five. And then Arizona in the sixth spot, 62-68, and 68, 10 games out from that third spot. Seven and three in their last ten, and then San Francisco, the Giants, sixty-one, sixty-eight, two and eight in their last ten. So at one point in the season, we had the NL West. The Giants are pretty much the steady third place team. Rockies and D-backs would have changed fourth and fifth. Now you have in the division, the Arizona Diamondbacks are in third place, potentially. If just let's say Milwaukee just bombs the rest of the season, Arizona could take that fourth spot. And then let's say Philly bombs. They also could take, and then the Dimebacks could squeeze in. It could be an Atlanta Braves, Arizona, San Diego Padres wildcard. Those three right there. It could be those three teams. It's pretty incredible. But going forward in the season, so looking at the standings as of right now, like I just mentioned. So we're going to look at the Braves first. So they are the first in the wildcard spot. Let me, sorry, let me, I'm going to pull up their, their schedule real quick so we can look at the strength of the schedule going forward with the rest of the season. It's really going to determine the rest of the year how everything's going to kind of pan out because there's a lot of, especially for the Diamondbacks and the Padres, there's a lot of important games coming up. So September, so we are on September 2nd. Okay. So Atlanta the rest of the year, they have, what are the colors here? Okay, so they have, starting today, they have a three-game homestand against the Marlins. It shouldn't be too big of an issue. And two games at Oakland, shouldn't be a problem. Three games in Seattle, this is going to be a very good series because Seattle is also a wildcard team this year. Three games in San Francisco, shouldn't be an issue. And then you have a one, two, three, you have a six-game homestand against the Phillies and the Nationals. Phillies should be pretty competitive. Nationals, they should win. And then we have basically those exact six games, but now they're away. So playing in Philly, then playing in Washington should be a crapshoot. And then we have the Mets at home. Three games at home for the Mets. Probably really tough series because the Mets are in first place in their division. Really incredible. And then ending the year against the Marlins in Miami. Three games. So Atlanta's strength of schedule is looking pretty simple. Shouldn't be too bad of a September. 
And then now we're going to move on to the Philadelphia Phillies, which I already mentioned them a couple times within the Braves schedule. So we're going to hear their name pop up some more. You can hear me type it on the keyboard because I'm looking up the schedule. Come on. Here we go. Okay, so September. Here we go. So we have starting today, they have three in San Francisco. They should beat them. Three at home against the Marlins. Three at home versus the Nationals. Three away at the Marlins. And then three away at the Braves. And then they have... Two at home versus the Blue Jays. Blue Jays are like one of those teams this year, like the White Sox. Like they should be good, but they're like just not performing to expectations. And then four at home against the Braves. It's just gonna, that's going to be a I seriously think that'll be a split series. And they go to Chicago to play the Cubs for three games. It, the Cubs are pretty awful this year. And then th- four against the Nationals. They have a doubleheader uh, October 1st. And then ending the year in Houston. October 3rd through the 5th. So, Houston, truthfully, Houston will probably sweep them because Houston is in first place and they're very good this year. And then lastly, look at the Padres. I truthfully think out of all the wildcard teams, they have the toughest remaining schedule of not like of all the teams, but oh boy, like t- today we face LA and it's just going to be just an absolute nightmare in Los Angeles. But oh boy, here we go. So we have... <laughs> we have three. Oh my gosh! Like I don't even, ugh, I don't even want to just, yeah, I don't even want to talk about it. But okay, San Diego Padres. Here we go. We have three in LA this weekend. It's going to be a really tough series. And then they have three at home versus the D-backs. I honestly don't even know how that series is going to go down because it actually could be very back and forth because the D-backs are pretty, have been pretty hot this like most recent in August. They've just been crushing it. So. I don't really know what to think. And then three at home versus L.A., I just I don't know how that's going to go down. It's, L.A. is just so good this year, 90 and 40. 90 and 40, okay? It's pretty insane. And then three in Seattle, again, could be a split series back and forth. D-backs, four games in Arizona. Again, I don't really know who's going to win that series. Three at home versus the Cardinals. Oh, my gosh, another great series. Three in Colorado. Three at home versus the Dodgers. Again, we play the Dodgers nine times in September. Nine times. And we have two home stands against them. And then we have one, two, three, three games against the White Sox. And then that is the last home stand of the year. So three at home versus the White Sox. And then to end the year, three at home versus the Giants. So Giants and the White Sox should be pretty, uh, I would say pretty standard, but I'm not really sure how I feel about <laughs> LA nine games against LA that's going to be really tough and then the D-backs have been getting hot at the right time and the Cardinals man they're very good too so I don't know it feels like the Braves have pretty much the easiest chance to keep pace in that first place spot the Diamondbacks could make some decent headway let's look at the remainder of their schedule I know obviously I'm going to be working the rest of their games but here we go we won last night which was awesome so obviously we have uh, we won last night against the Brewers we have four game sorry four-game homestand against them. And then, um, so we start, we played at night, 640, excuse me. So we should, I mean, it'd be awesome if we split the series with them, but winning the whole series would be, obviously would be incredible. And then we have three in San Diego, a day off, and then three in Colorado. So San Diego, like I said, should be back and forth. Diamondbacks should be Colorado, no problem, because Colorado's awful. And then we have an, um, the second to last homestand of the year for the D-backs. We have three at home versus the Dodgers, four at home versus the Padres. 
those two teams, seven games in a row is going to be really tough. So I don't really, obviously I know when I was going over the Padres schedule, they're they're I said they're playing, they're obviously playing each other, but it just, I didn't really take into account it. It's the Dodgers and the Padres seven days in a row. It's going to be really tough. So I don't really know how that's going to pan out for them. And then the Dodgers five. So they're playing a double header on uh, the 20th in LA, but they have five games total, the 19th to the 22nd. So I just, Oh my, goodness I, I really don't know how that's <laughs> how that's going to go down because that's going to be a lot so again LA is just very good and then the last homestand of the year three in San Francisco at off day and then two in Houston and off day Houston's just a different beast this year and then they play San Francisco the 30th the first and the second on the road and then ending the year on the road Milwaukee third to the fifth so Truly, the D-backs and the Padres, I think, have the toughest remaining schedule of the year in this little wild card matchup thing. So, But speaking of my D-backs, man, well, everyone knows I'm a Padres fan, but I work for the D-backs. But my D-backs have been really exciting, really picking up the pace recently, and this whole month of August has been really awesome. Zach Gallon still has a scoreless streak going, 34, I think, 34.1 scoreless innings he's pitched. So let's go take a little peek at what Mr. Zach Gallon is doing right now because the guy is an absolute stud. And let's not forget, also, Merrill Kelly threw an eight-inning shutout last night. Dude has just been on his shit. All right, Zach Gallon right now. Let's look at this Look at, let's look at this bad dude. Right now, on the year, 10-2 and two record, 2.53 ERA, 25 games started, 25 games pitched, 145.2 innings pitched, 145 strikeouts, and a 0.941 whip. He is going for the all-time record in franchise history for scoreless streaks innings pitched. He's behind Brandon Webb, who did it back, I think, in his Cy Young year in 07. Let me check real quick. Brandon Webb, scoreless. There we go. It should be 42.1. Yes, 42 innings pitched. Yeah. Former Dimebacks ace Brandon Webb holds the franchise record for longest scoreless inning streak with 42. He achieved that in 2007, so it's been quite some time since that's been pretty much hasn't been passed. So it's awesome, dude. I'm really excited for Gallon. I seriously think he will be able to do it, um, whichever next game he pitches. So I'm stoked for him, and I hope we we keep him because he's a pretty incredible guy to have in our rotation. And then let's not forget about Mr. Merle Merle Mr. Merle Kelly on the mound because. Do an absolute gem last night. On the year for him, 12-5 record, 2.84 ERA, 27 games started and 27 games pitched, 164.2 innings pitched, 142 strikeouts and a 1.105 whip. Him and Gallon are pretty much, I mean, they are the future of the rotation. I know Kelly's 33, but they are the one-two future of this rotation. Tommy Henry, obviously, he can he's another call-up this year. Extremely solid. He could be an awesome day three through five guy. Just eat innings, but also not even just eat innings, not even worry about giving up runs. He also is a very just good pitcher in general. Can give you five, six solid innings pretty much every game. But if we're looking at last night's stats, which I should be able to pull up right now. Splits. Okay, here we go. So 9-1 versus Milwaukee. So last night he got the win. So not eight innings, excuse me. Seven, even though I worked the game, I thought it was innings. Seven innings pitched, only four hits allowed, no walks, no earned run, and seven strikeouts against the Milwaukee Brewers, who were the fourth, who were in the fourth place spot for the wild card race. So they, this is against a good team. It's not just some scrub team. So 
Diamondbacks have been firing up. Jake McCarthy had a massive August. He went four for five in a series against Chicago. Stone Garrett, he's hitting like 425 recently. He's been absolutely crushing it. Alec Thomas making plays out in center field. Dude should be, will be a gold glover in the future. But the most, Dalton Varsho too, another great outfielder. But the most important thing, truly, not important thing, but the most exciting thing and most recent news for the D-backs was the call-up of the D-backs' biggest prospect, Corbin Carroll. My gosh, this guy is going to be an absolute stud. It is the outfield of the future with this guy. Alec Thomas, Corbin Carroll, Stone Garrett, Jake McCarthy, Dalton Varsho. Five amazing young athletes that can play defense, can hit, speed, contact, play small ball. Some of them have decent power, but they are just, oh my gosh, they are such an exciting outfielder in there. All of it. I don't think one guy, seriously, I don't think one player is over. To, I think Dalton Varsho is the oldest, and I think he's 25. That is insane. But talking about Corbin Carroll, he got the call up. He played Monday. Massive, massive. What what did he do? I, I worked the game Monday. He, uh, my goodness, what was it? Um... I'm trying to think. Hold on. I got to go back and look because it's already just keep it plugging away. Already on to the next games already. <laughs> but Monday we, uh, okay, so Monday was the game he got called up. So 13 to 7, we won that game. It was massive. That was the biggest comeback in franchise history for the D-backs. Down 7-0. Corbin Carroll was pretty much the fire starter. He was the igniter of the whole thing. Carroll had a go-ahead two-run double to break a fifth inning tie. And the Dimebacks climbed out of an early seven-run hole to beat the Phillies 13-7 for the biggest comeback win in franchise history. And in that post-game interview for Corbin Carroll, they tried to do a little Gatorade dump on him, and he literally dodged the entire Gatorade, the Gatorade dump. It's like the awesome thing, like the dopest thing ever. But obviously, he finally got called up because, you know, when you hit 303 with 22 doubles, 8 triples, 23 bombs, 61 RBIs, and 31 stolen bases, over 91 games slipped between AA and AAA, you get the call up. Dude's a stud, Okay. And I'm pretty sure it was, let me look back at the points. We had 13 on Monday, and then we had 12 on Tuesday. So that's 25 runs. Those 25 runs, I'm pretty sure all of our rookies, our rookie call-ups accounted for those 25. Maybe like three or four of them were like Carson Kelly and Christian Walker or Rojas, maybe one game. But literally out of almost those 25 runs, almost all of them were from the rookies we called up this year. It's absolutely incredible. But then we did a, had a, we had a little oopsie on Wednesday. The Philadelphia Phillies, I think, got a little tired of us kicking their ass, so they came back and beat us, eighteen to two. They had a seven-run eighth inning, a four-run third inning, a four-run fifth inning, and then single runs in the first, the sixth, and the seventh. So, Alec Bohm was six for three, Bryce Harper three for four, JT Romilto two for four. Reese Hoskins, three for six. Kyle Schwarber, two for six. It was just a complete ass kicking. Gene Segura, two for three. Oh, boy, it was brutal. And then we had good old, <laughs> good old, good old Carson Kelly come in and pitch in the late inning. Position player on the mound. We were all hype. It was one of the best things ever. Hey, and didn't give up a run, man. It was pretty awesome. But Tommy Henry, this was probably the biggest game for him where he got shook up the most. Only four innings pitched. Eight hits allowed, seven earned runs, four walks allowed, and four strikeouts. So he did get shelled. It was pretty much, it. no doubt it was his worst outing of the year, but it's not even bashing him because the Phillies are a very good offensive team, but the dude is still going to be great. It was just a very, it was just an off night for him. It just wasn't working and still have great faith in him. And then Luis Frias had the bullpen. 
he didn't even pitch a full inning. He pitched two tenths or however the hell you say that in math terms. 0.2. Six hits, seven earned. God, just garbage. It's not good for him. Yeah, so 18-2 was awful. And then we did come back. Not come back, but we did. We got that awful loss out of our system we came back and we beat the brewers last night five to zero very good very good team win obviously like i said off the off the shoulders of merrill kelly five seven innings pitch like i said no no earned no walks only four hits allowed seven strikeouts the guy was dealing and tonight oh my gosh who so if kelly pitched tonight i'm assuming that zach davies is going to get the bump tonight so yeah um i don't really the diamondbacks man really exciting uh I know a lot of people will say, oh, they're, you know, they're garbage or they're, you know, they're one of the whatever teams, but they really are exciting. I think if we, I think if the Dimebacks are able to address the bullpen, go out and get like another solid starter and then maybe add like one power bat and then re-sign. I don't, so I don't know the contracts at the moment, but if we keep Gallon and we keep Kelly, re-sign Walker or if whatever the contract stands at, because those three are vital. Walker still got it. Hitting 31 home runs this year, gotta have that, gotta have that pop. Because outside of him, we really don't, we really don't have a lot of power guys. We have, we have guys that can hit home runs, but not a bunch of, you know, uh, judges or Stanton or a Machado or a Goldschmidt or an Arenado or you know an Otani or a Trout or a Guerrero Jr. Not a bunch of you know bombers. We have a bunch of guys that can hit for contact, small ball, can get on the base, run on the base, pass really well, can steal. So, and that's fine because it's been working for us, but. We're only six games behind 500. Obviously, they are so much better than they were last year with MLB's worst record of the year before that. I don't remember which one it was, but oh, 2020 was COVID. It was last year, excuse me. But they've just been struggling the past three to four years. And I really think with all the rookies they've called up in the outfield, Tommy Henry coming up in the rotation, I seriously think they have an awesome future ahead of them. But like I said, they need to address the bullpen because it is one of the worst in the Major League Baseball, aside from like Joe Mantiply and like some days Ian Kennedy will be on, some days he won't. And then Mark Lanson was supposed to be this awesome closer like he was last year in San Diego leading the league in saves. But former shell of himself this year, he just is not put it together, and it's a bummer. But if they really address the bullpen, go get one more solid arm in the rotation. I'm not saying go out and get like a – I'm not saying like an ace. Don't go out and get like, you know, a, a Daniel Cease or Dylan Cease or something. I said Daniel, geez, Dylan Cease. Go get like a – I don't know, like a Marcus Stroman. I don't know, some guy that can give you like a solid three ERA or like maybe a 3.4 ERA or something. Or I don't know, but they just need a guy like that. Like Dave, if they sign Davies, if they re-sign Davies, that would be like a solid option because he's another one. Eats a bunch of innings, always kind of like in that three to four ERA range, but like can throw a bunch of pitches and like can just eat some innings for you. And like he's not going to get shelled like six, seven, eight runs a game, but like maybe like three or four a game. So that's solid and. Especially with the off the way the offense has been playing recently, you can kind of live with that. So the team is very is 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 put together. They're like in certain areas, obviously, and it's it's always hard to have one thing and the other thing at the same time. So it's kind of it's kind of scary because like when we have the hitting, we we don't have the pitching. But then when we have the pitching, we don't have the hitting. It's like we have the offense right now. We have the young players coming up, making an impact, and the pitching has been good some of it but it needs to be you know tweaked a little bit and the bullpen really I think is the most is the most like eyesore spot on the roster so I think this offseason that really need to address that I mean Tori Lovello got extended 
he's working with what he's got and he's making it happen. The record's already better from last year. So many, so so now new familiar faces coming up, and it's just exciting. So I'm very excited for what the Diamondbacks are going to do next year. Seriously, think 2024, 20, 25. It's really going to be a good chance for them to, for a good chance for them to make a splash. Even though they're in the NLS, which is I think the best division in baseball, they should be able to make a splash in the next couple of years. So anyway, thank you for listening to me talk for about 20. What is it? What's the timer at? 20 minutes and 13 seconds, 15 and counting. So thank you all so much for tuning in again for Ball with Tyler Todd. You know where to find me, TikTok, Instagram, you know, all the socials. We got it down. I'll see you in the next one next Friday. Later.